we just came back up from our leadership camp as you saw the pictures. Uh, I'm sure many of you would like to have been there. However, we had a selective few that was called to go out and have a time to get equipped and nourished and all that God has in store for us. We're learning every day what it is to live a life pleasing to God. This morning, I'd like to talk to you about seed. Plant the seed today, just like what the song saying. And I believe that, uh, any farmers here, anybody plant stuff? Anybody plant stuff? Or do we all just go to Moore's? <laughs> okay. Well, if you planted something, we're going to talk about the ground. Because you can have whatever seed necessary to plant. But if the ground that you put in is not properly soiled, then all your efforts in trying to put proper seeds or the best type of seeds or use all the different nourishments that you try to uh, make that seed grow will not probably have the right nutrients to bring that seed up to fruition. And so I believe the ground is very vital and important. And at our leadership camp, we had Strive in the Spirit, subtitle, By and Through Our Ohana. And here in Hawaii, we're great to, grateful to be in a place that is all about family. Isn't it true? Everything is about Ohana. Now, one thing about Ohana is in your family, maybe you have disruptions or disagreements or stuff that you might bicker or fight about. How many of us know that that's true? But if an outsider comes inside of your family and mess with one of your brothers and sisters that you just slapped in the face with, if they mess with your sister, your brother, your mother, your father, somebody, your uncle, your auntie, whomever it is, how many of you rise up against that opposition? Come on, we need some honest people here today. We would rise up to the opposition because you are family. I won't let anybody come and disrespect my wife because they're disrespecting me. My children or my grandchildren, I won't let them do anything. And I'm sure the same way too. That's what the family should do. And we're talking about the family, which is the household of God. A household of God that is of many different cultures or backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds. But we are one body in Christ because we have been washed by the blood of Jesus. So being that we have washed, being washed by the blood of Jesus, we have the blood of Jesus flowing through our veins. So now when the enemy tries to do something to our brother or our sister, when I say the enemy, we know that it's the challenges of life and adversities. And Satan uses people, places, and things to try and disrupt us, distract us, hinder our walk, get us off course. Isn't that true? And watch this. It happens every day. So if you're not prepared for it, you might come against some situation that you don't know how to handle. I'd like to help guide you in the right way and direct you by teaching you in a message, plant the seed today. We just got done with the offering and giving, so we're not talking about offerings, okay? Mainly I'm talking about is planting the seed or receiving the seed which has already been given and planted, which is the Word of God. Tell your neighbor it's the Word of God. So let's dive into today's message so we can just get and hear what God has to say. So our theme this morning is talking about plant the seed today. A seed with conception has the ability to produce a harvest. A seed with conception has the ability to produce 
a harvest. Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 1. I'd like to read in the trans, uh, translation of the Amplified. And it reads, verse 5. A sower went out to sow seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the travel path and was trodden underfoot. And the birds and the air of the air ate them up. Some seed fell on the rock, the pohaku. And as soon as it, is, it sprouted, it withered away because it had no moisture. And other seed fell in the midst of the thorns. And the thorns grew up with it and choked it off. Some seed fell into good soil. Somebody say good soil. How many good soil we got here? Yeah, we all want to be good soil. But some of our soil needs some fixing up. We need to be recultured. We need to be huli. We need to turn the dirt once more. So it said here, and, and some seed fell into good soil. We all want to be good soil, but are we? I cannot answer for you. Only you can answer for yourself. So as the seed fell into good ground, verse 8, and grew up and yielded a crop a hundred times as great as he said these things, he called out, and he who has ears to hear. Check your neighbor if they have ears. Just pull on them. Be sure it's real and not false. You can't trust today's life. Everything, many things are false. Okay, pull on them very hard. Pull it hard. And if it just retracts or bounces back, it's real. And he says, he that has ears to hear, let him be listening. And then let him consider and understand by hearing. Before I continue, at least 90% of education comes by what you hear. A lot of them is by what you see, application. But many times you learn by what you hear, what you see. Now you have to apply it. It has to be manifest. So what you hear mainly, commonly, we're thankful that we have ears to hear. For a natural man, that's the way we hear. But I'd like to say some of you hear with your nose. What that means is you're always finding out about other people's business. And that's not good. I remember reading, I said, uh, I think it was in a marriage class that uh, for the first year, we talk, I talk, and my wife listens. The next year, she talks, and I listen. The following year, we both talk, and the neighbor listens. <laughs> Some neighbor is listening in to your conversation. Amen. Have you ever heard it said, keep your nose out of other people's business? Don't be a busybody and paying attention to what's happening in somebody else. And we get involved in that by allowing ourselves to partake and we begin to gossip. We begin to talk about the issues about other people. So Corinthians tells us, judge not that ye be not judged. Stop being a judge. It is better that you judge yourself than judge other people. We find out that when we judge ourselves, we are looking at a reflection in the mirror. The Bible is a reflection. It's like a mirror. 
It reveals to us that there's things in our lives that needs to be changed. Teach this in a marriage class that you can never change your spouse. You can only change yourself. But how many of us know that our spouse needs to change? That's a prophetic word. But the greater change is you. If you don't change, they're not going to change. But when they see change in the person that they love, they begin to adapt to change. And that's why it's so necessary and possible for us to hear the word of God. So now there's a different sight of hearing. We can hear with our natural ears, but God wants us to hear with our heart. As we hear our, from our heart, we begin to take matters seriously. I remember a lot of times that my wife used to speak to me, and maybe I was just caught up maybe with the football game. And next week is Super Bowl, and if you're cheering for the right team, come on out next week Sunday and dress in your team, your team colors. I'd just like to say before I end, every year my team always wins the Super Bowl. Every single year. I'm amazed with that. I don't, just don't know how it happens. I don't know if it's because I change half time or something. <laughs> but come on out next week Sunday. We're going to have an awesome service, two services, and we're going to celebrate our team. Championship team in our Super Bowl. But what we're talking about this morning is really finding out the grounds that we live. And the seed as well, we're going to find out that revelation and hear what the Word of God says about hearing. So this morning, I'd like to encourage you and challenge you to hear with your heart. Verse 9. And when his disciples asked him the meaning of this parable... He said to them, to you it has been given to come progressively to know, to recognize and understand more strongly and clearly the mysteries and secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, there are in parables or stories so that though looking, they may not see, hearing, they may not comprehend. Now the meaning of the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Say this with me. The seed is the word of God. Verse 12 goes like this. Those along the travel road are the people who have heard. Then the devil comes and carries away the message out of their hearts. That they may not believe and acknowledge me as their savior and devote themselves to me and be saved here and hereafter. So something happens when they receive the word of God. In verse 12, it says, when they hear or have heard the word, the devil tries to come and snatch the word out. You know, if you're a farmer, you're wise in how you plant your seeds. You try to cover it up in a way so that the Fowls or the birds don't go pick them up. The enemy is the same way. After the word of God is sown into our heart, the enemy tries to come and bring or hindrance or distractions or delusions or unbelief or disbelief of what the word of God says. But the word of God says in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. We find in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword. 
Can we shoot that scripture up in the Amplified? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. So that you and I can see it now and understand it. It's another form of receiving or hearing the word of God. Help me read the scripture. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life soul and of the immortal spirit and of the joints and the marrow of the deepest parts of our nature. Here's the part. Exposing, sifting, and analyzing, judging the very thoughts and purposes of our heart. That's what the word of God does. So the word that God speaks is the seed, which is Jesus Christ. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. Can we shoot that in the Amplified, please? John 1.1, 1, 1, just to confirm what the scripture is saying. In the beginning, before all time, was the word Christ, in parentheses. Do you see that? The word Christ, in parentheses, means the anointed one with his anointing or the anointing one and his anointing. And the word was with God, and the word was God himself. Verse 12, John 1, 12. And as much, but many as there did receive and welcome him, he gave them authority, power, privilege, the right to become the children of God. That is, to those who believe in, adhere to, Trust in and rely on his name. Somebody say amen. amen. And that's what belief is. That's what faith is. Trusting and believing on who Jesus Christ is. He is the living word. The word we're talking about is the seed. So we find here in verse 12, those along the travel road in Luke 8 are the people who have heard. You see that? Then after they have heard, what happens? The devil comes and carries away the message out of their hearts. Did that ever happen to you? Oh, it happens to us many a times if we're not careful. So what do we do? Many a times we teach you how to pen down some notes or gather the information by picking up a CD on the way out. Some way that will cause you to hear the message again. See, the more you begin to hear it, the more you allow yourself to believe what the word said. So that the enemy does not come and steal the word, just like the birds, the fowl, come and steal the seed. And we're wondering, gee, I planted that thing three weeks ago. How come there's no blade? Nothing is coming out of the ground. My soil has been tilled. My this has been done. My that has been done. I added some stuff to that. But still, there's nothing coming out of the ground. What does that mean? That means through the obstacles of life, through the challenges and oppositions that we face. How many of you go through stuff sometimes throughout the day? Maybe a couple times throughout the week. If we're not careful, or if you're not careful, eventually what it does is it takes the truth out from the word, or the, out of your heart, and it causes you to get weary, to get slothful, sometimes maybe get tired 
of saying, I'm trying, I'm doing this and I'm doing that, but it's not working. That's exactly what the enemy wants to do. So that when a trial or tribulation comes, when temptation comes, when hardship comes, when challenges comes, when we have physical things that come and hinder our life or our body or our spirit man or our mind, because the word is no more there. But we heard the word on Sunday. We heard the word on Wednesday. We were in devotion. We studied our word. I participated. So then if you had that word, that word should be now taking root inside of the ground. Isn't it true? So that when the, the trial, temptation comes, you would know how to overcome it. Isn't that cool? Now, tying in that, let me take you to another passage. Then we'll come back at verse 13. Turning me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Starting at verse 3, Amplified. Thank you. The scripture goes like this in Amplified. But even if our gospel, the glad tidings or the good news, also be hidden, obscured, and covered up with a veil that hinders the knowledge of God, it is hidden only to those who are what? Perishing and obscured only to those who are spiritually dying and veiled only to those who are lost. You can be in a house of God where salvation is given full and free and you can still be lost. What do you mean, Apostle? It means the seed can be planted, but the seed is not taking root. Something is going on with the ground. Somebody say with the ground. Don't point to your neighbor's ground. Talking about your own ground. See, our ground needs to be cultivated. Our ground needs to be tilled. Our ground needs to be evaluated. We need to look at our ground. Any farmer would tell you, they, after their harvest, they don't just plant something in the ground. They give it a period of time to be saturated or allow themselves to recover restore, refresh, renew the ground before they put another seed inside of it. Any farmers here actually do that? Any farmers? One, two, three, four. I love to, I love to uh, farm. I love to put things in the ground and stuff like that. Not everything I plant grows. Although some things, as soon as I plant, the fruit come up, I eat them. So, you know. Some of us, we depend on our neighbor's plant to grow. And once the branch comes inside our yard, we start harvesting already. And our neighbor is bought a window cars, that's mine. Oh, way. It's your tree in your yard, but where the fence is, trip the branch over and the mangoes, that's mine. So we got to be careful about that, right? Whose mango is that? Your neighbor's. So we need to watch our own ground, okay? Stop eating your neighbor's fruit. Grow your own. You need to take care of your ground. So we find here that the Bible says, if the message, the gospel, the good news, the seed, the word of God is being hidden inside of an individual, it's only hidden from those who don't know Christ. Why would a person have all the good news inside of them 
the message, the gospel, the salvation, the deliverance from healing, and all the testimonies of who God is, and they hide it from somebody who needs it. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that more selfishness? Only thinking about just me, myself, and I, and not thinking about anybody else who is in need. I think that's a stingy person. I'm not going to mention any nationalities, just a stingy I didn't see anything wrong, did I? Just a stingy individual that doesn't want to share the gospel. So the word of God says, if we can put it back up, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, chapter verse 3, says if our gospel, can we go into the NLT, please? Break it down just a little bit. If the good news, same scripture, different translation, if the good news which we preach is hidden behind a veil or a covering. It is hid only hidden, hidden only from people who are perishing. Verse 4. Satan, help me read it, who is the small g, look at that, of this world. Whenever you speak about God Almighty, everything is in capital letters. Everything is highlighted or manifested or emphasized. Magnitude. Magnified. Satan, who is the God of this world, has done what? Blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are what? Unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Notice the G. We're talking about God, the Alpha and Omega. So if we're hiding this, this good news, we're hiding it from those who are lost, perishing, and spiritually dying. Don't you think they need to know the truth? But you got the truth. Because your ground is good ground. You receive the word, which is Jesus Christ. And that word is the gospel, the glad tidings called the good news. How many of you like the good news? You know, sometimes at the store, they have it for sale. Ten bars. Or, oh, okay, you know what I'm saying, yeah. It's a candy, one of my favorite candy bars. However, I don't eat too much sweets any longer. I eat more ice cream. Okay, here we go. So it talks about the gospel, the good news. We can't, if you got the good news, don't hide it. Okay, if it's a candy bar, you better hide it. <laughs> but we need to share the gospel. So let's continue now in Luke 8, 13. And those upon the rock are the people who, when they hear the word, receive and welcome it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of trial and temptation, fall away, withdraw, and stand aloof, or alone, or by themselves, or in doubt of what they're going through. Now the scripture says, and as for what fell among the thorns, these are the people who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked and suffocated with anxieties and cares and riches and the pleasures of life. 
and their fruit does not ripen or come to maturity or and perfection. Now, you know, if you, if you uh, maybe speaking of mangoes, because hoping mango season come a little bit earlier. And sometimes, do you know that the green mango, you have to wait for it to ripen. Some of us, we like the green mango just like that because we're going to pick all the mango and then we're going to wrap them up and sell them. <laughs> However, but you know, some of the mango doesn't come to its fruit, uh, uh, full, full character. Something's wrong with the tree. So the fruit, some of them, not all, it ripens when it is actually immature. It doesn't really blossom and come big like all the rest. But it, it begins to turn color like its fruit is about to be eaten. But that mango has not fully developed. So what happens is, because it's ripening at that, that stage, it just kind of shrivels up and it falls off the tree. How many of you can picture that right now? It's the same thing with an unbeliever who has the word of God. They're in good soil or they're in a soil that causes them to uh, be able to mature. But because they are not standing on what they have received, then the proper nutrients of what they receive, that word, cannot bring forth deliverance in their life. So instead of continuing in their worship, in serving and doing what God has called them, they fall away from the calling of God. If you understand what I'm saying. So God is saying to us today to be careful of how we, see, we receive the word. You know, many a times we begin to maybe evaluate other people. How many of you do that? I'm a person that I like to observe things. I like to observe any place I go. Any place that I go, if I'm driving someplace, wherever I am, I try to always observe. I observe the environment, I observe the climate, I observe people, I observe things. Because I believe God the Creator put that there in front of me at that time to give me a message. I can learn something. How many of you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you just look at something and all of a sudden the Spirit of God, I watch cartoons and I start crying. Honestly, the name of this church came through a, 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 I wouldn't say a cartoon, but a, a funny story. And it was called Norman's Ark. Anybody heard of that story? Norman's Ark? It's a Disney movie. Yeah, one of the reasons I love to go to Disneyland. Hoping one day I get to meet Norman. My family and I, my children, we were just watching the program after having a nice meal and just sitting there and we were just enjoying the movie and all of a sudden they hear, <sighs> they all start looking like, who's crying? I get up, I go in the bathroom, blow my nose, get some napkin and wipe in my tears. I come back, watch the movie again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm watching a romantic movie. Uh, let's skip that part. You know how you, women can get so sensitive at times? Not the guys, not the guys. Well, some guys do, they get very sensitive. 
an emotional movie? Thank you, honey. I was watching this movie, and, and Norman had to build an ark. How many of you remember that? He had to build them way up in the mountain. Some of you should go home and pull that up. God's going to give you a revelation today. And Norman said, this is a modern day, modern day movie now. And he said, angel came and told him, what are you? he said, you're crazy. All these people are going to laugh at me. And you know something? By him doing that, he lost all of his friends. Because his friends said, you're crazy. Both his sons turned their back on the father. And you know, when Noah built the ark, he needed his three sons, Ham, Ham Shem, Jephret, and Granny came with Jethro and the rest of the family. <laughs> Called the Clampets. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Even a dog was there. But what does that have to do with what the movie was saying? Norman had to do what God assigned him by the angel. And he went. This is the catcher. Finally, the rain came when the, the ark was done, was built. And Norman felt in his heart to tell all his friends. He called them all. He told them all, hey, get up to the mountain. You know I built the ark there. Get into the ark because it's going to rain. And the, the friends didn't want to believe him, but all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the rain all came. And they got a little bit afraid. So they said, let's just go up, get into the, the ark. But when they finally got the ark, the, the whole community got up there. And the angel was standing at the door with Norman. And he said, Norman, wait, hold on. I didn't tell you to bring all of these people. I just told you to bring all the animals and your family. So tell these people they can't come into the ark. And Norman turned around from the angel. He looked back and he saw all of his friends and people that he knew and people that despised him because of what the angel told him of his assignment. And he looked at all his, his people and he just turned and he says, come on, everybody, get inside the ark. Everybody, get in the ark. And the angel said, didn't I just tell you? I told you, Norman. It's just you and your family and all the animals. Norman looked at the angel and he said, God told me to build this. And I believe all of these people is my family. I was crying so hard. I was like... <laughs> For real. I mean, tears was just dropping out of my eyes. It was like a, a real picture. Why, why did I see it? Or why was I hearing God say something? My children or my family may not have understood what God was saying to me. This was about 1999, 1998. Way back then. Look at my family today. All our animals came in ark. <laughs> Somebody said, who, who, who said that? You know, the scripture actually says, before we came to Christ, 
every one of us had animal-like impulses. That's what the scripture says. In other words, we had violent tempers. We're not able to control ourselves. But God says, the seed of my word came, John 3, 16. And he came to bring deliverance to this world. So that all through my son might be saved and not condemned. We go to verse 17. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. Do you know in all the billions of people that live right now on planet earth? Maybe half or more maybe. I've been diverted from the truth of God's word. And we're studying right now. We have been studying it over the weekend as well. That Jesus Christ left in Acts chapter 2, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 9, 10, and 11. He came to deliver the promise in verse 4. In verse 8, the promise came. Then the promise was left. Jesus went. And the Bible says that when he went, two angels came. They came to confirm Christ leaving on a cloud. And the disciples were standing there gazing. Just looking around and not paying attention. We don't want to be gazers today. Jesus is speaking the word. He already left. But my friend, the angel says, in like manner he left, he is coming back the same way. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16, 17, and 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. He's coming in like a thief. At a time that we think less of his return, Christ will come. He'll come like an unexpected thief that will just pop in. But those that are waiting his return, those that believe that Christ left in that cloud, one day they will hear the trumpet sound. I said this while I was teaching over the weekend with our leadership, that if you pull it up on the internet, on, on the news about sound around the world, some of you might have an understanding of what I'm saying right now, in many different parts of the world, four corners of the world, sounds like trumpets, sounds like gates, sounds like doors are being opened. It was heard here also in Waianae by two that confirmed two totally different people at the same time of these sounds happening all around the world if we can can we go to first Thessalonians chapter 4 let me just drop this within your spirit first before we continue and close first Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16 can we go to the NLT please For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord, how long? Forever. forever. Somebody say forever. forever. So we get to see one another, maybe the three score and ten, 70 years, or at 120 years, man shall live in this our generation. 
But I believe with all my heart that when the trumpet sounds, the Bible says those that are in Christ or died in Christ Jesus will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Now the word caught up means the word raptured. There is no word raptured in the Bible. But the word raptured comes from the word caught up or taken away. It reveals the rapture. The rapture is about to take place and it's about to happen at any time. Jesus is saying that Christ, he is the bridegroom coming back to receive unto himself the bride of Christ. That's who we are, the body of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. So the scripture says, the bride adorns herself and prepares herself and sanctifies herself, makes herself ready for the bridegroom's coming. And at the time, the, the voice of the archangel, the sound of the trumpet will sound loud. And those that have already passed in from this life, all of my loved ones back there whose pictures are back there, the Bible says they or the image of their physical body will be changed from mortal to immortality. Then in other words, that means you will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 to verse 58. You'll be changed. I dream of Jeannie says, in a twinkle. Anybody remember I dream of Jeannie? She used to twinkle her ear and what happens? Oh, it wasn't her ear, what's her what? Her, her, her nose. I dream of Jeannie, is that the? Bewitch? Bewitch? Now don't look at somebody and call them that, please. Pay attention here. Let's keep, keep this in order, okay? Oh, oh, oh the, the TV program is Bewitch. The subtitle is I Dream of Genie. Oh. I just found out now that there's more people watching that than me. I thought I was the only one coming home after school, go clean my yard, do my homework, and watch I Dream of Genie. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Oh, I'm talking to two different people. Oh, my gosh. Father, we just got a revelation. I'm lost. I'm not going to mention them anymore. Yeah, the bottle. It's Dream of Genie, right? And who's the witch? The witch was the Mata? Okay. As soon as my service is done, I'm going to pull up the video. I got to go, go home and do some research on this thing now. My gosh. Ready to talk about Pinocchio already. So, so, color my, color my, color yours. Thank you for your response. So God doesn't want us to have a soil that is not able to receive the seed. Let's look at verse 14. And as they fell among the thorns, these are the people who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked and suffocated 
by anxieties and cares and riches of pleasures of life. And their fruit does not ripen or come to maturity or perfection because the word of God is choked by the cares of life. How many of us really, when we maybe go to work or as our everyday life, we're, we're caught up with society and sometimes society can really take a toll on, on us and we just don't know how to deal with it. So if, if you have a partner that can share with you the word of God and, and here at the ark, we're, we're just so privileged that we, every single day we go through our daily devotions so that we can all be on the same page. That if our brother or sister or father or mother or whomever it is, is going through a situation that we can point back to what we had that morning, a daily devotion. If you don't have one, I think we still got more. We can pass out some at the door. Please, ushers. But I'd like to say this. The word of God is what gives you victory over self. Every single day. If we're not careful, we're dealing with assignments, first of all. Assignments is to hinder you and stop you from receiving breakthroughs. You never know that the enemy always assigns an enemy. Satan assigns a demon spirit to trip you. And now I'll give you a clue. What he does is he's using things of your past to trip you up in your present. So you can never walk into your future. Let me say that again. The enemy uses things of your past to trip you up in your present so you can never enter your future. Let me say it one more time. The enemy uses things of your past to trip you up in your present so you cannot enter your future. In Christ, hear this, 2 Corinthians 5.17 amplified. In Christ, you and I have no past. As soon as we got it, shoot it up, please. 2 Corinthians 5.17 amplified. In Christ, we have no past, but we have a what? Let's read the scripture. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a what? New creature or new creation. A new creature altogether in parentheses. Now look at what he says. The old, read it, previous moral and spiritual condition has what? The word passed away means it's finished. It should be in a grave, it's buried, it's dead, and it's gone. Your past, previous moral, and spiritual condition had passed away. To who? To those who are engrafted in Christ. The word engrafted means inside now of Christ, and Christ inside of him, okay? So we don't have a past, we have a what? Future. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Somebody say amen. So our old hang-ups, our old trips, our old addictions, our old stuffs, things of the past, when you give your lives to Christ, Christ has now forgiven you. How come I still remember them? You have the power to remind yourself or you have the power to forget your past. 
Paul said it like this. I have not been able to comprehend or apprehend all things. But this one thing I do. I forget the things that are in my past. And I reach forward. The reach he was talking about was striving. Anybody here do stretches in the morning? Let's change the question. Anybody see people stretch in the morning? Now I get more hands. Okay, okay, I like that part. Okay, okay. Yeah, I do stretches in the morning. Every morning I do some stretches. And then when I finally wake up, I realize I get cramped. But I understand that I need to stretch my faith. I'd like to encourage you, stretch your faith. Then after I finally, you know, I get up and I said, man, I got to go work out. So I start getting ready for workout. And all of a sudden, man, I got to go eat breakfast. <laughs> so my workout plan is not coming to frustration. So then my body starts feeling junk because I'm li listening to self when I should be listening to my, the spirit of God inside of me. I think, you know, you need to get to the gym. I asked the question, how many of you go to the gym? Not too much people raise their hand. How many people go by the gym? More hands go up. How many of you just pass the gym? Pass the gym. More people are, you see how people get saved? They realize which one out of choice is true. I'm about to wrap it up. What is the word of God saying to us? think we need to make proper decisions in our life. Put Christ center, head, and Lord of our life. A good application is to understand whenever the enemy, whenever the Spirit of God is telling you what you should do, you'll always hear the enemy stop you from doing what the Word says to do. The Word of God says, Proverbs, it tells us, Proverbs 3, 5, in fact, 3, 5, 6, 7, it tells us to trust in the Lord how? With all our heart. If you read it carefully and amplified, it says, adhere to, rely on, thank you, lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord. How? With all your heart. And your heart is another area of listening. That's with your spirit. And mind, and do not rely on your own insight and own understanding. Six, in all your ways, know and recognize and acknowledge Him. Him who? Jesus Christ. He is the Son of the living God. He is the seed that wants to be planted in our lives so that it would produce God's type of fruit. And He will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Seven, be not wise in your own eyes. Help me read it. Be not wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear and worship the Lord. And turn how? Entirely. Somebody tap your neighbor and tell him entirely. That means all of you turn completely around. Turn completely around. I think the only bird or fowl that I know is the owl that can turn 180 degree turn. His body can be facing that way, but his head looking the other side. 
Don't be an owl. Don't be an owl. Because the body is this way, but the head. If you can turn, turn completely. Complete turn. This is what the word turn means, to repent. The word repent means to turn and change the sense of your direction. So you're no more looking at your past, but you are presently looking at your future. You are presently now looking at your future. If you are newlywed and just, you just got married, you want to see where you can be in the next three to five, ten years. That's looking towards your future. You don't want to be, as a brand new, newlywed couple, always dealing with your past because you'll always be dealing with hardships of life. In fact, before you have said, I do, you should have said, I don't. And if you are single and planning to get married, plan something else. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. Some of you are like, oh, there goes my change next week. <laughs> God's doing something. He wants your full attention. He wants you to be open to him so that his spirit can speak exactly straight into your heart. We're about ready to wrap up the message. And we talked about what the theme is today is plant the seed when? Today. I'm not really talking about a gift of an offering. If you feel moved and led to do that, hallelujah. But I'm really talking about plant the seed of faith inside your heart. You can be able to become a much better person or a much better husband or a much better wife, much better parent, a friend, a family member, most of all, a son of, or daughter of the king, most high God. I think it was Pastor Brian and Sister Angie that brought the message of Mufasa. How many of you remember that cartoon? Or I guess they was also from Disneyland too. Mufasa. Tell your neighbor, Mufasa. That means move faster. <laughs> no, it doesn't. As the Brian thought about that, he said, Mufasa in a Swahili language meant king, king. Simba in Hawaiian. <laughs> Pastor Jerry said, means Kelly. She's talking about me, that's my middle name. Uh, let me stay with Mufasa, okay? We are God's kids, his children. The seed that is given to us was his son, is his son. Jesus Christ. And the more we partake and receive of him, the better that we become. The more we depend upon ourselves, like Proverbs says, don't, we get ourselves into trouble. As you plant the seed today, you are able to see it grow tomorrow. So that you can love the keiki, or as Pastor Jerry brought the message, you need to come Wednesday. She'll be ministering on this. Hmm. Thank you, honey. You're fine. <laughs> All right, knuckles and knuckles. <laughs> she brought an awesome message on our leadership camp. And she was speaking of the kalo. 
That's who we are. We are Kalu. But all the Kalu is in Aloi. And this is Aloi, the Hale Okiakua. But what we're doing is now, we're taking the, the, um, the Huli. I was going to say Hulu, but we're taking the Huli, the part of the Kalo, and we're putting it in the Loi, so it begins to expand and receive Keki. And it just continues to grow from there. So do we have the picture right? What the, there, there we go. I let Pastor Jerry teach it on Wednesday because she can speak Hawaiian. <laughs> and she'll tell you all about it. But what this actually means is that's who we are. Can you touch your neighbor and tell him we are the Kalo that is in the Lo'i, which is the Hale Okiakua. Aloha mai kako. So I'm going to call a team up. I know everybody's working and doing other things, but the team that went with us, whoever is still around, I know everybody else are teaching in class or with our kids and all, but there's a song that we did this morning, and we'd like to express that song to you. You might have heard it on the radio, but um, Pastor Jerry had uh, uh, kind of tweaked up. Tell him a little bit louder. Oh, God. Uh, Pastor Jerry had kind of tweaked it up just a little so that um, the words could express of, of our character, of who we are. So um, we're going to put up the words too as we sing it. As we sing it, we'll put the words up and then we're going to ask you to join us and sing the song with us. Because really I believe, I really truly believe that we are Ohana Okeakua. We are truly the family of God. So we're going to ask the team as they are preparing themselves to come on up. You can see on our shirts is striving, striving in spirit. And we just had a wonderful time just, uh, just bearing witness to the seed that God has planted inside of us. We're tremendously nourished. We had a subtitle, Striving a Spirit by and through our ohana and all that we're teaching about had to do with family and I believe a family that prays together does what? They stay together. Say it with me. A family that prays together stays together. So I believe that there's a lot of unity here today. We are family. I might not know all of you personally but I pray for you without you knowing. Just I recognize your face and I begin to pray for you. I don't know your names, every one of you. But that's okay, we're family. That's how we are, family. And, and I believe today, from today forward, you'll understand just a little bit more what the family of God does. So uh, I know our team kind of went from here <laughs> to there. We lost yeah, we lost weight. We're working on that too. Hilave, we're going to talk about the waterfall, yeah. Thank you, honey. Hilave is one of the highest, tallest, one of the highest and tallest waterfalls in the Waipio Valley. 
this is where the song has been developed in. And uh, Ryan, uh, cousin Ryan, just call him cousin because we Ohana now today. He doesn't know it, but we family. Hariota, 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 yeah, got him. And so with, while he wrote this song, Pastor Jerry kind of went over the song, and they said that we did this song for something, did that song for something. I have no recognition of it. When she started to do it and made some adjustments on the words, I was like, I love this song. It's kind of a reggae beat, so if you want to pop up and get up with us and, you know, they're going to move this. I'm going to start skanking for you. Just, just today, that's why I brought out my hat. You might hear me tap on my shoes, but uh, you see, they're just going already. So, ladies and gentlemen, plant the seed today and watch it grow tomorrow. Because that's the love of God that we share with our keiki and our ohana. Come on. The holy is my family. And the Lord is my home. God above is the sunshine. Oh, the sunshine and the rain that helps us grow. And if I am transplanted, my Ohana will remain. That's why I say, plant the seed today. Watch it grow tomorrow. Watch it grow tomorrow. Give the cakey love and it will grow up strong Just like Carlo
of that seed so now that we have it we want to share it and let you be a part of us because we're Ohana tap your neighbor on the side tell them we're family come on sing it with us plant the seed today watch it grow tomorrow, watch it grow tomorrow. give the kiki love and they will grow up strong Come on, sing. Plant the seed today. Watch it grow tomorrow. Give the cakey love. And they will grow up strong. Plant the seed today. Watch it grow tomorrow. Give the cakey love. And they will grow up strong. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the seed of perfection that gives us life. Bless your people over and above. And let them rise up as you have called them today to plant the seed of faith. So that seed can grow and grow and grow. That we can give our keiki, our loved ones, our families, our friends. That the love that they need. So they can grow strong like the Kahlo, or like the family of God. So we give you praise. Bless your people. Take them home safely. And let them rejoice in plant the seed today. Plant the seed today. Watch it grow tomorrow. Watch it grow tomorrow. Give the king. 